welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford and Woking in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at EmmausRoad.com. Hey guys, what a delight to join you at Emmaus Road. We are raving fans of your community. We love and adore Pete and Sammy and who they are and the gift that they are to the church at large and have admired your community for quite some time. Love the depth of your devotion to Jesus. Love the richness and the sweetness and largeness of who you are as a people. Uh, right here, as it's been in the UK, it has been the week of Pentecost, the day of the movement of the Holy Spirit, the formation of the church, the outpouring of multiplied grace upon the people of God. And uh, it gives us great confidence in these days of COVID-19 and the chaos and the grief that we're seeing gripping our culture. It gives us great confidence to realize that, hey, this church didn't begin in the thoughts of man or the ideas of man, but it actually originated in the heart of God. And therefore, we are the prevailing community of faith. And we believe that in these days. So it's such a joy, such an honor to be with you. I've been praying specifically for you as a community in this season and trying to lean in to what heaven might want to speak over you. And so if you have a Bible with you, we're going to jump in. Acts chapter 10 is where we're going to settle in camp today. And I want to talk about just what's happening in this moment, what I believe God has put in my heart for you as a people. Before we jump in, let's pray. Father, we are so grateful. We're so grateful as we gather in our homes today, as we uh, turn our attention, our affection towards you, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would breathe upon us. I ask that your favor would be multiplied upon us in this moment. Let your word come. Let it pierce our hearts today with joy and with hope and with truth, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, it's been so amazing to be here in the U.S. and to hear the stories flooding in from the U.K., stories that God is on the move, stories of multiple people coming to faith, so many people now engaging on the Alpha course, I believe more than ever, uh, one quarter of the country now engaging church in some kind of form online, and more people, of course, expressing interest in prayer. I love how Pete phrases it. Is it everything that we're hoping for? Of course not. Is is it a beginning? Yes, it is. And right here in the U.S., right where we are, uh, right in the heart of Anaheim here, uh, within a 50-mile radius of us, we're hearing some remarkable stories of God at work. There's a church in our community not too far from here where during this transition period, during COVID-19, these 10 or 12 weeks of shutdown already, they have seen 50,000 people come to faith. 50,000 people come to faith in such a short period of time. It's another church in the community where they have opened 187 mobile food pantries, just accelerating grace and multiplying grace in the community. And it's stunning to see what God is doing. There's another church in the community. They've started 3,000 new small groups during this time. I know the, the numbers for us in the UK, the numbers are just staggering to think of that kind of thing. And I wanted to highlight it to you to say what you already know, that God is moving, that he's moving in the UK, that he's moving in Europe, that he's moving in the US. And even in the middle of this week where a narrative film 
fills our screen and runs across the bottom of our screen. There's another narrative. There's another story that God is writing from heaven. And I want to just affirm what you already know, which is that God is on the move. The move of God is among us. It's before us and it's beyond us. That's what we want to dig into today. So we're going to look at it in Acts chapter 10 in a moment. But what I want to begin simply by saying is that the move of God doesn't always look like a move of God. When God is moving, we often expect it to be this dramatic thing. But actually, quite often, it's just this one person being changed at a time, one moment giving way to another, this dynamic movement of the Holy Spirit. And we see this in Acts chapter 10. I'm going to read from verse 1. It says, At Caesarea there was a man named Cornelius. He was a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need, and he prayed to God regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, your prayers and your gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial before God. Now send men to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter, and he is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. And when the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants, a devout soldier who was one of his attendants, and he told them everything that had happened, and they sent them to Joppa to find Simon. This opens up with a man simply who is known in heaven for his compassion. And in this move of God that is now among us, the wellspring of compassion is well and truly open. We're seeing it right here in our own city. We're seeing the multiplication of city partnerships. Our services are closed, but our cities have never been more open, never more uh, desperate, never more in need of compassion. And the wellspring, the acceleration of compassion is come. And I sense that over you, Emmaus Road. I sense that the Lord is producing and stirring and creating among you an uprising of generous compassion, the flourishing of compassion. I particularly see uh, the outpost of kingdom compassion to the east of where you're currently located. Just the Lord causing that to spring up before him. Significant shifts in your city are coming as it relates to wealth creation, as the Father begins to pour out what he has generous compassion, joyous compassion. I hear the phrase holistic and enterprising. I believe that your compassion, I'm going to prophesy a little later, uh, but I want to just say to you that your compassion will be marked by those things, that it will be a holistic approach that you bring to the whole of your community, but also be quite innovative and creative and enterprising. I see job creation and some other stuff that we'll get into a little bit later, but these are days when the story of generosity fills our streets and our cities. And so we see in Cornelius in this moment the Lord speaks over him he says hey your gifts to the poor have come up before God God has seen Emmaus Road what you've done in these days for those who have nothing he's seen your compassion and it's not only an acceleration of compassion here for Cornelius but it's also a revitalization of prayer of course, don't need to tell you guys about prayer. You literally wrote the course on it and the books on it. You are known across the earth and much more importantly in heaven as a people of prayer who are given to devotion to the Lord. We long, don't we, that our utterances would give way to God's unction. We long that our groanings would give way to his moving. We long that our desperation would be marked by his intervention. And here is Cornelius. He's bringing his best prayer to the Father. It's probably like our prayers, like my prayers for sure. And 
and perhaps like yours, but maybe not so much, Pete's. It's probably flawed prayer. It's probably fractured prayer. It's probably distracted prayer. It's prayer that we know is syncretistic. He's God-fearing, but he isn't totally given to the Lord. He's got other things that are going on in his life as a Roman centurion, other gods that he has to, Caesar that he has to bow down to. And so we recognize this kind of, this broken, flawed prayer at work, and yet all of heaven moves in that moment towards the one who is praying. And maybe you've stumbled into this today. Maybe you're just listening in. Maybe a friend persuaded you to check out church for the first time and you're uh, desperately wondering how to connect with God in prayer and you feel that your prayers are insufficient. You feel that you don't have the righteous life, the holy life to bring before God. And I want you to know that this man, Cornelius, didn't have it all together. But the moment he prayed, heaven was arrested in its attention and suddenly there was a visitation that came into his very house. And we're believing today for a visitation of the Holy Spirit in your home, right where you are, God to come and rest upon you, God to come and make himself known to you, to introduce himself to you in a fresh way. And so the angel of the Lord comes to Cornelius and he says, hey, your prayers, your prayers have come up before God. God has heard the cry of your heart. He's heard the desperation of your heart. And I believe, Emmaus Road, this is your portion in these days. Both of these things together, the uprising of prayer and the acceleration of compassion that you've had in your heart for a number of years are now flowing together. And the Lord is about to visit you in a significant way. He's about to visit your community in a significant way. You're going to see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And you can already see it. it's begun for many of you in your homes. And just as it was for Cornelius, we began to see that. All of that to say the move of God is already among us. As we're praying, let's pray, recognizing that God is already at work. Secondly, the move of God goes before us. They send to get Peter from the place where he's staying. And you know the story. Peter is busily praying. He's actually really hungry. He's up on the roof and he's again, he's offering his best prayer and he's deeply distracted. And he has like this picture, this vision from heaven that just begins to stir his heart and begins to reconfine who he is. And he recognizes in that moment of the vision that actually some of the things that have been his traditions and his expectations and his relationships in the past, the old models don't fit the new moment. The old thinking doesn't fit the new movement and he realizes I've got to adjust and reposition my life for what God is doing because God has suddenly moved before him and before where Peter was the one who was at the forefront of the move of God in the day of Pentecost. Now Peter is the one catching up with what God is doing in these days and uh, Pete I just believe that for you in this moment. I'm just going to keep breaking in in this way. Pete I just believe that for you in this moment. I believe whereas before you've been a catalyst for what God is doing whereas before you've been uh, almost at the front end of what God is doing. I believe in these days it's going to overtake you. It's going to overwhelm you. I know it's been like that for a while now, but God is just going to break out in a sovereign way, in a significant way before you, not just in Emmaus Road, not just even in the UK, but the Lord breaking before you in the nations and you find yourself shepherding almost from behind, almost pursuing what it is the Lord has set out in front of you. As the Lord begins to introduce fresh thinking to your life, as the Lord begins to release something from heaven that you haven't seen before, that's kind of new and confound some of the previous expectations and assumptions of what it is that God would do. And so Peter, he immediately, he stops praying. The guys are at the door, he stops praying and he gets moving. The Holy Spirit speaks and says, Peter, don't hesitate to go with them. Like, get moving, Peter. And you guys know this again, but there is a time to pray to God and there's a time to partner with God. And actually, we do both together. We pray and we partner 
and, and we partner and we pray and we do both of these things together. So Peter arrives at Cornelius' home. He shows up where God is already moving. My working theory in this is that God didn't bring Peter because they really needed what Peter was carrying. He brought Peter because he wanted Peter to see the way the Spirit was moving in a fresh way, in a new way. Verse 44, while Peter was still speaking, he's talking about Jesus. He's talking about his crucifixion. He talks about his ascension. He talks about his exaltation to the Father's right hand how he's poured out upon his community forgiveness of sins and all that stuff and while he's still speaking verse 44 the Holy Spirit just came upon all who heard the message (laughs) can you imagine just came upon all who heard the message suddenly the room is baptized and immersed and plunged and flooded in the atmosphere of heaven everywhere everywhere in the room there's just every square inch filled with the beauty and the glory and the authority and the majesty of God and the circumcised believers just their way of saying the Jews who'd come with Peter they were astonished they're astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit has been poured out even on the Gentiles even on this race even on these people that the gift of the Holy Spirit is breaking down the boundaries he's breaking down the borders he's moving in a way that is multiplied just as Jesus prophesied and promised that the the people of God would minister and be his witnesses in Jerusalem Judea Samaria and the ends of the earth suddenly now the church has crossed a threshold into a new move into a new moment into a new marking of the Holy Spirit and it is a cause of great consternation and astonishment to the believers they're like what just happened is this even legal is this possible and they continue for they heard Cornelius and his family now speaking in tongues speaking this intimate language of prayer to God and praising God then Peter looks around he says surely no one can stand in the way of these people being baptized by water they've received the Holy Spirit just as we have it's really clear God's on them the same way he's on us So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. That's a great thing to do, guys. If you've never been baptized, I want to encourage you to do that. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. And again, I just want to highlight to you, the move of God that goes before Peter here is a fresh outpouring. It's not the same outpouring as it was in the day of Pentecost. This is a different moment. Again, speaking prophetically for a moment, we're stepping into a new moment as a church, we all feel it. We all feel it with COVID-19. Things are not going back to the way they were. Adjustments and alignments are required. But part of that is just what's happening in culture, but also part of that is the plan of the Father to introduce his favor in a new and unusual and unique way in these days. And so we see that beginning to happen, the outpouring of the Spirit. It's a day of the outpouring of the Spirit on people who have authority in culture. Cornelius was a man who had authority in the culture. And you're going to see that. You're going to see celebrities and civic leaders beginning to respond in faith. It won't last for a long time, but you'll see it increasingly happen. Just as the Spirit of the Lord, let it be an indicator to your heart that the Spirit of the Lord is moving in that way. It's a day of outpouring that catches the church by surprise. That just catches us unaware in that moment as the move of God goes before us. And then thirdly, the move of God goes beyond us. What begins to happen is the move of the Spirit that happens here among the Gentiles, right in Cornelius' home. It begins to create a shift in thinking for the church where they realize, wait a minute, God is breaking out and we cannot control it. We cannot contain it. We cannot confine it or define it. We recognize this is sovereign. This is holy. This is the Lord marching forward. And what begins to happen is that it begins to spread to other places. And we pick it up. And I'd love you to pick it up for a moment in Acts chapter 11, verses 19 to 24. 
says those who had been scattered by the persecution that had broken out when Stephen, who was this witness to Jesus, when he was killed, they traveled and it lists the various places they traveled to. Verse 20, some of them, however, men from Cyprus went to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them. A great number of people believed and they turned to the Lord. And when news of this reached the church in Jerusalem, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived, he saw the evidence of the grace of God. He saw what the grace of God had done. He was glad and he encouraged them to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. For he was a good man, full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit. And a great number of people were brought to the Lord. And so you get again the move of God moving beyond the church and the church catching up with what God is doing in the culture. That the Holy Spirit wasn't given to us just for better services. That the Holy Spirit has come upon us for our streets and for our cities. That God's move is not for select few. It's not for leaders or just for believers. That God is longing to pour out his spirit. And we are longing together, are we not, for an awakening. Not just a few more people engaging in our church services. Not just more people viewing online. But an awakening in our streets, in our cities. And this is the moment that the church is in in that time. And we want to be like Barnabas. We want to be people who see the evidence of God's grace. Some of you are now beginning or will be soon beginning to return to your workplace. I want to encourage you to look for the evidence of God's grace. Don't expect work to be as it was. Of course, the social distancing will be in place and all the other stuff on that that socially mark us. But understand this, that while you've been isolated and while you've been disconnected from the workplace, God has been moving in the workplace and he's been moving in some of your colleagues. And I want to encourage you to pay attention. Look for the evidence of his grace breaking out in your place of work, in your place of employment. We long to see in these days. We live for a revival. We live for an awakening. We live for a movement of the Holy Spirit just like this where multitudes, multitudes become believers in the Lord. A movement marked with signs and wonders. A movement bathed and birthed in prayer. A movement that is carried on the wings of compassion. A movement where we see the Spirit of God do what we have prayed for and yearned for over the years. And so I just want to for a moment as I was thinking about you guys, I just want to give what I felt the Lord put in my heart. And you'll see that it's all weaved around this text. But here's my sense of perhaps God's word to you. It's up to you guys to wait. But here's my sense on that. I sense in this moment the richness of Acts 10 over your community. I think there's something here in this chapter and actually the chapters that follow that you would do well to pay attention to in the days ahead. That the Lord has hidden some things, some richness in here for you. I think you're in this beautiful moment where the Lord recognizes what you've poured out at his feet in compassion and prayer. And the offerings that you've given have come before the Lord. There's been a marriage of these two things that have long existed in your heart. But has actually been represented, my sense is around the last two or three years is where prayer and compassion have actually come together in your community. They've been in your heart for a long time, but they've actually come together in that time. And it's had enough time now to rise before the Father and His recognition is upon it. And what you're beginning to see in that 
is you're going to begin to see houses in the days ahead. You're going to begin to see the multiplication of houses of prayer. And I know I'm just a confirming voice in this. You guys have heard this again and again from Pete and from others. But you're going to see the uprising of houses of prayer, the multiplication of houses of prayer, just the, the grand swell, a monastic movement in that sense. And the Spirit of the Lord beginning to visit in power. And I really want to just underscore that for you, that you're going to see the Lord visit you in power that there is more to prayer than prayer, that we pray that his power would come and he's going to visit you in power and it's going to surprise you the power with which he comes upon you. The power of God will be more than a talking point in your community. It will be a visible marking, a demonstration, an influx and an empowering of the spirit of God as social justice and, and sacred prayer flow together with supernatural power and the Lord's presence and evidence upon you as little spaces in people's home become places of power. And I see out of the overflow of that specifically an apostolic dimension, an increase in apostolic dimension in what the Lord does in you. Just as Barnabas recognized and became a watcher of grace, so the Lord has given you oversight uh, for several communities. And I don't have permission to pour that out fully before you this morning, but the Lord has given you oversight over several communities in these days. And I see Emmaus Road becoming a watcher of the grace of God, a watcher of the favor of God, and being able to identify the move of God across countries. Apostolic centers, monastic centers emerging in the aftermath of this moment. And the outcome of that is the Lord is going to take what's been in your heart. And you're going to see these little monastic centers that multiply the vision the Lord has given to you. And so I just see this divine acceleration over what has been taking place. It's the Lord just taking what's been in your heart embryonically. And for a, it's been there for about 18 months. And he's now expanding that. And specifically, I've spoken to you, Pete, on this already. He's specifically expanding that in this season in fresh ways. And uh, again, Emmaus Road. I see uh, just uh, the Lord there raising up a new dimension of leadership among you, not just in the church, but in the culture at large. Uh, Eric, Eric Jesperson, uh, these are your days. These are your times. These are the days that the Lord has marked you for. This is the dream he put in your heart long ago when you studied Jackie Pullinger and you uh, engaged there in the model of that, that the Lord birthed compassion in you at a well that will uh, resource many. The Lord is raising you up in this season as a resource to the community around you. Get ready for collaboration and compassion. It's already breaking out way beyond you. You have more in your uh, plate right now than you can possibly respond to. Get ready for collaboration in that, but also get ready for uh, a celebration of compassion. I see awards and notification given to you particularly, but also to your church and recognition in the city and what you have done in rebuilding places and rebuilding people. And I see uh, the, the, the inscription of Isaiah 58 written over you, making the community livable again as the Lord uses you and raises you up and raises up leaders around you who will enable you to be rebuilders of streets with dwellings, repairers of broken places. And so, uh, guys, we just honor who you are today. We're thankful for your witness. We're thankful for your ministry. I know that um, God has raised you up as a model for the church in the earth, and we want to encourage you to keep her lit. Keep it going. Uh, we're cheering you on. God bless you today. Mm -hmm.